0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Wednesday, November 2nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri voters will decide five ballot measures Tuesday. That includes Amendment 3, which would legalize recreational marijuana. The proposal is being criticized by those who say it does not fully legalize cannabis.
1: You can be fined for public consumption. They create an arbitrary possession limit. They actually create a constitutional misdemeanor if you exceed their possession limit of three ounces.
0: We'll examine the debate over Amendment 3 and St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg will report on the other initiatives on this year's ballot in just a few minutes. Also, we'll have a preview of the St. Louis Kaplan-Feldman Holocaust Museum in Creve Corps, which reopens today. One of the contests being decided by St. Louis County voters Tuesday is the race for county executive. The two candidates have different views about the direction of the state's largest county. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman has more from last night's debate.
2: Incumbent Democrat Sam Page took office in 2019 after the resignation of Steve Stanger. He says he deserves a full four-year term because of the way he led the county through that crisis, along with the pandemic and racial justice protests.
1: In the past year, crime has decreased in St. Louis County. We've created thousands of jobs, and we've addressed mental health and substance abuse.
2: But his Republican challenger, Mark Montavani, says things have gone on the wrong track with Paige at the helm.
1: We have a budget that is
0: grossly imbalanced. Uh, we have crime out of control in the region. Our government is not
2: uh, performing effectively. A recent poll by a Republican firm shows Page with a five-point lead. I'm Rachel Lipman, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: That debate was broadcast on TV station KPLR. The new National Geospatial Intelligence Agency site in North St. Louis will move into the next phase of construction this month. That's when crews will finish the exterior of the building. NGA West Executive Sue Pullman says the agency has outgrown its current facility where any visitor must clear background and other security checks.
2: Here we will
1: have an unclassified area where we can easily bring people in to work on those maps, to work on those processes, to work on uh, the IT, the technology behind those processes.
0: Coleman says the new West headquarters will make it much easier for NGA to work with academics and others inside the geospatial industry in St. Louis. The Regional Arts Commission will distribute roughly $10.5 million in federal pandemic relief money to artists and organizations in St. Louis. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports.
3: The St. Louis Board of Aldermen approved the funding unanimously. The money comes from the American Rescue Plan Act, which Congress passed last year. Mayor Tashara Jones says she heard from voters that they wanted a chunk of that federal money to support local arts. Countless residents, both north and south
2: of Del Mar, emphasized how murals, public art, and everything else would bring pride to our neighborhoods.
3: The St. Louis County Council rejected a similar proposal last week to direct $1.6 million from the county's ARPA funds to RAC. The $10.6 million from the city may only be used by artists and organizations based in St. Louis. Jones says it is the third highest amount of ARPA funds allocated by a U.S. city to the arts. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Hispanic
0: communities throughout the country are honoring loved ones who have died during Day of the Dead. St. Louis Public Radio's Brian Munoz reports on how one local business owner is including the St. Louis community.
4: Los niños.
1: Leticia sites arranges chocolate, bright orange marigolds, and photographs of famous late Mexican icons on an altar in front of Arte Rojo STL, her boutique in South St. Louis. She says this year marks the first time she'll be hosting a community altar celebrating El Día de los Muertos, and it's open to everyone.
4: This is what we
2: like to do, to share our traditions, our cultural customs with the community who doesn't know.
3: People who would like
1: to honor their loved ones at the boutique's altar can drop off ofrendas or small tokens of remembrance, such as photographs or flowers, at the store. I'm Brian Munoz, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Missouri residents will vote on five ballot measures Tuesday, including one to legalize recreational marijuana. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg examines the different measures on the ballot.
2: Of the five measures that voters will decide on, three of them were brought to the ballot by the state legislature. One is required by Missouri's Constitution, and the other made it through the state's initiative petition process. Amendment 1 centers around the state's Treasury Department, asking whether the Treasurer's Office should be able to invest in municipal bonds. If passed, it would also allow for the legislature to expand what the Treasurer's Office should invest in. Any change would have to be passed by the legislature, approved by the governor, and then further approved by the Treasurer's Office. If voters approve Amendment 4, the state would be able to force Kansas City to increase the funding for its police department. The amendment authorizes a law passed by the state legislature this past session that aims at raising the minimum amount Kansas City must allocate to its police department. Amendment 5, the last of the legislature-passed amendments, would separate the Missouri National Guard into its own department. Currently, it's under the state's Department of Public Safety. Voters will also have to decide whether they want the state to assemble a convention to revise or amend the state's constitution. Per the state's constitution, this question is required to appear on the ballot every 20 years. However, on election night, most attention is going to be on Amendment 3. If passed, recreational use of marijuana would be legal in the state, but some marijuana legalization advocates have multiple reasons as to why they are not in support of the amendment. It it makes everybody think, okay, this is gonna work and we're gonna have cannabis and it's gonna be for everybody, let's go. Um, And that's not actually the case. That's Democratic Representative Ashley Bland Manlove. During the past state legislative session, Manlove was a co-sponsor of a bill that would have legalized the recreational use of marijuana. That legislation had more than 15 sponsors. However, the 76-page bill did not pass, nor did any other legislation that would have legalized marijuana beyond the medical use that is already allowed in Missouri. This means that either voters could choose to pass this amendment or wait and see if the legislature passes a bill in future sessions. John Payne, campaign manager for Legal Missouri 2022, says he believes the legislature should have legalized is marijuana already.
0: I don't think they're likely to, if this this does not pass, uh, I don't think it's likely that they're going to come and uh, pass something that's in any way as comprehensive as what, or anything at all, frankly, uh, for the foreseeable
1: future.
2: Payne says the legalization of marijuana would cause fewer arrests and free up more resources for law enforcement. However, there are limitations, including how much marijuana someone could possess at one time. For non-medical marijuana patients, the limit would be three ounces, while medical patients would be able to possess up to six. Additionally, fines could still be issued for smoking in public. Eben Thampy, a lobbyist who is against Amendment 3, says because of the penalties, this isn't truly legalizing the use of marijuana.
1: All these elements are... To me, they're not legalization. In fact, the creation of constitutional uh, use and possession penalties um, are explicitly very contrary to the idea of legalization.
2: Payne says other states that have legalized the adult use of marijuana also have some form of possession limits because it is still a federally prohibited substance. The amendment also makes changes regarding the expungement of charges. Someone currently on probation or parole for certain marijuana law violations would see their sentence automatically vacated and later expunged from their record. Additionally, anyone incarcerated for certain marijuana offenses would be able to petition the court to vacate the sentence, as well as be immediately released from incarceration and their records expunged. Payne says the expungement provisions within the amendment is a reason. why voters should approve of it.
0: That's going to affect hundreds of thousands of Missourians with nonviolent marijuana offenses, well, allowing them to, you know, have a have a fresh start.
2: But the MP says there are logistical and practical issues with requiring the circuit courts to implement these new expungement measures.
1: What happens if we get six months down the road, the circuit courts are in a, a mess of wading through tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of criminal records, and that's clogging up other more urgent issues in our court system.
2: Allowing Missourians to use recreational marijuana is only part of the amendment. It also makes changes to the cannabis industry on an economic basis. Under the amendment, Payne says a minimum of 144 new licenses would be issued. But critics say that it's the existing businesses that already have licenses to sell medical marijuana that are going to benefit the most from the new system. Plan Manlove says because black and brown people have historically been the most negatively impacted by the war on drugs, any initiative or law that legalizes marijuana should have programs that specifically aid the same populations. She calls the amendment's micro license program, which Payne says gives opportunities to groups who have had prior difficulty breaking to the industry, a kid's meal. So there's no vertical movement. There's no room for growth. While League of Missouri 2022 alone has spent millions in its campaign to convince voters to approve of Amendment 3, the amendment's success isn't a guarantee. Recent polls have been mixed. Both Payne and Thampy are confident their respective side will win on November 8th. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: The St. Louis Kaplan-Feldman Holocaust Museum in Creve Corps opens today after a two-year, $19 million renovation and expansion. The museum exhibits pack a lot of history, but they also call on visitors to look forward and confront bigotry in today's world. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin visited the museum early and has this preview.
3: There's an artifact sitting in a glass case at the newly expanded Holocaust Museum that's very small. But it makes a big impression. It's a child's brown leather shoe. Allied forces found it at a site where Nazis murdered thousands of Jews.
4: It's very small. It fits right about in the palm of my hand.
3: That's the museum's Director of Education, Helen Turner.
4: You know, no matter how much research we conduct or how many books we read or how many interviews we do, we will never, ever know the owner of that shoe. Um, And so the shoe for me is such a representation of how much was lost during the Holocaust um, and a reminder that we speak for all of the people who were murdered.
3: The exhibits here tell the story of the Holocaust chronologically, from the increasing prevalence of Nazi propaganda in the 1930s to the sometimes epic journeys Holocaust survivors made after World War II. At one video station, visitors can trace the journeys specific families took on their way from war-torn Europe to St. Louis. You learn about the legal hurdles they had to pass, see their photos and travel papers. Holocaust researcher Amy Lutz is the museum's communications manager. She says the heart of the collection is material from survivors who relocated here.
4: You know, Our entire name is the St. Louis Kaplan Feldman Holocaust Museum, and St. Louis is an important part of that name because although we're telling a human story, we're telling a Jewish story, we're telling the story of the Holocaust, that story is really led through the voices of our local survivors.
3: There's the ID bracelet Ben Feiner secretly made for himself while a slave laborer in German-occupied Poland, the suitcase that Holocaust survivor Leo Wolf brought with him to St. Louis, and photos of other survivors years later in Missouri with their grandchildren. Turner, the director of education, says this museum is not
4: just concerned with the past. Seeing that evolution of anti-Semitism and how it can bob and weave with the moment is really important to also understanding anti-Semitism today. We can bring it right up to the present to talk about, you know, how do you read Facebook? How do you interact with Twitter or Instagram?
3: Some of that work will happen in what the museum calls its Impact Lab. That's a space where visitors will walk through a 15-minute program looking at the spiral of hate when stereotyping leads to prejudice, then discrimination, violence, and ultimately genocide. Turner says visitors will talk with experts about how to intervene when they see an instance of hate or discrimination, and learn about the work of people like Native American activist Wilma Mankiller, Martin Luther King Jr., and other black civil rights leaders.
4: Our visitors can see that they stand shoulder to shoulder with these active allies. The only thing separating you from them is action. And what will your action be?
3: The number of hate crimes against Jewish people had been decreasing in the U.S. until 2016. Now they're increasing rapidly every year, according to the Anti-Defamation League. Anti-Semitic white supremacy groups have raised their national profiles, while some on the political right circulate conspiracy theories, sometimes based on specific lies about Jews that have inspired anti-Semitic violence for hundreds of years. In term, museum president Francis Levine says the museum's message is urgent.
1: you know I think what we have seen over the last several years is the rise of anti-Semitism, the rise of othering and I, I think that what we really have in this building is the opportunity to look at the way in which propaganda discrimination, hatred tore the world apart.
3: Levine says she doesn't expect the museum to fix these things all by itself. But it's all inspired by the Jewish concept of tikkun olam, the idea that everyone has an obligation to help repair the world. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred
0: Ehrlich edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great day.